step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Boxes, boxes. Boxes, 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 boxes. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxes, boxes, boxes. Boxing, boxing. Well, 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 that time again, ladies and gentlemen. Outside of Boxing Podcast, coming to you live February 24, 2019. What's going on? How you doing? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day out here in Central California. Birds are chirping. The sun is out. You can tan if you want to in the back. Had a mimosa myself out there, chilling for a little bit, enjoying this day much more than I enjoyed the events that happened yesterday, but that's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that stuff. I just want to first and foremost say that to all the folks out there in Buttfuck, Oklahoma, hope you guys are recovering from that L last night. Handed by the Sacramento Scores. <laughs> ah, them boys is balling. Gotta love it. But anyways, I want to take it to a guy whose team used to be balling like mine and uh, see what's going on in Houston, Texas. D. Willow Wilson. What's up, my brother? How you doing, man? A button. And he can give at me with the ninja please or the audience laughing or anything like that i I know how this man operates already he doesn't fool me whatsoever we've been partners for a very long time probably expecting me to go on a little bit longer of a tirade to start the show as i sometimes do uh you know but either here nor there you know um gotta get this window yeah but oh hey buddy there you are yeah we got something going on hey yeah um just another good now, Saturday out. I mean, Sunday out here in um, Houston, Texas. We've got the California weather where when you that Southern California weather when you're out in the sun, it's hot as hell. But once you hit that shade, it's a little cool. So you don't know what to wear. But besides that, man, looking good. Um, you know, our team used to be balling, but I think we beat the first place team in the West. I think we're still ahead of your team, and I think that's like the fourth time in a row that uh we beat these guys in the in the regular season. I think we're like three and oh against three and oh against them this year. Uh, you know, we lost to the Lakers, so I think against the Lakers we're we're two and one. Uh, you know, it is what it is. We got cheated, but 
this is a boxing show. We're not really here to talk about uh, playoff basketball because, you know, you can't talk about that right now. <laughs> but besides that, man, hey, I thought the boxing was pretty good this weekend. Um, had a good time. I, I enjoyed all the – well, all the main events. I enjoy all the fights. I even enjoyed the bum-off, the Mexican bum-off that they had in Tijuana. It ended up being a pretty good little scrap of of bums, man. So, uh, yeah. I'm ready to talk about it. You want to talk about the uh, the scores, or AKA ninth seed? We can talk about them if you want, but usually I like to talk about playoff teams. Yeah, you you guys better not be having a performance like you did against the Lakers because we only two games behind y'all, or is it three? Whatever it is, we right there. We right there. So you know it is what it is. We'll be talking about it when the time comes. As of right now, maybe. Uh, got the bad taste in my mouth from the performance that I last seen yesterday, and that was the Anthony Durrell fight. I mean, I, I, I heard the show you and JP did Wednesday when I was out, and I, I could see that you guys not really big fans of the Durrells and the, the performances that those guys have been, been putting out for the both of them. And I think that thought that's been in the back of my head from listening to you two kind of clouded my judgment or let's say directed my judgment even before I started watching this fight. I'm not really impressed whatsoever in that entire fight. And I could see why it was on Fox Sports 1 late night because it was right after the, the Kings game. So I seen it right after, which was probably – oh, no, you know, it was uh, some other bums fighting before that. And you know, was what it was. But I, I, I got to be honest with you, Willie. When I watched the real fight, yeah, I got I'm, I'm with JP on this one and, and how you feel about it. I no special effects uh, for you know guys coming from that area in in Michigan. Feel like they'd have a little bit more more dog in them yesterday than I've been seeing in recent performance from the two. I, I get them mixed up, but you know. It's a, it's a, it's funny how you get two guys mixed up who are twins, but fight exactly the same and put on such a bad performance. Now, yeah, he picked up his strap yesterday. That's all fine and dandy. You know, congratulations to Kenny Durrell. Picked up that strap and had to, you know, he had to uh, uh, get through the. The, the the smoke, so to speak, you know, fighting with a big gash in his eye that he had, that's never fun. That's always a unfortunate, you know, extra month of a setback from your regular setback that you'd have after a fight due to the, the healing process and things of that nature. But I'm not going to completely take a dump on the guy. Like I said, picked up the belt, and uh, he'll be able to get himself some at least a nicer paycheck with a little bit of leverage when it comes to getting this strap. So, well, I, I was not overly impressed with uh, the, the performance yesterday, and it's really hard for me to comment on much of because it, it just was so unentertaining to me when I was in the mood for high entertainment coming off starting the day early with the James DeGale fight that had happened earlier in the day. Uh, we'll get to that later. But, yeah, you know, I, 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 I wanted to see something – that I just didn't see in the Anthony Durrell fight yesterday. Uh, what is your thoughts on the performance yesterday and, and the entirety of it all? 
Well, yesterday, man, uh, last night, like you said, it was a late-ass fight. Um, I don't think the uh, yeah. the fights came came on till after the the. It was some kind of basketball game on on uh, not a y'all. It was a college, some kind of college game on. Um, right, right. Yeah, where, we got where was that? By the way? Did you guys see where that where that fight was? By the way, because if it was late as hell over here for me, like I think it started like somewhere yeah, it was around in Washington, ten, maybe. DC. Oh, the Washington shit. Yeah, it was like on the East Coast. I want to say it was at the Armory. I think the Armory is in Washington D.C. But then for some reason said Minneapolis. Either way, they were on the East Coast somewhere. It might have said Minneapolis, but for some reason I thought personally that the Armory was in uh, was in Washington D.C. But I'm not sure exactly. But I know it was at the Armory on the East Coast. So yeah, they were they were fighting at 12 o'clock for sure. Um. It was at yeah Minnesota. It was at the Armory in Minneapolis Armory in uh, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis. So yeah, they were out there on the East Coast fighting late as hell. Um, the first two fights were bomb offs. We got to saw some uh, some. It was just a lot of guys knocking each other out. Uh, guys on the up and coming, but you know, like we said, when, like we said last week, when it came to the Durrell brothers we have a sour taste in our mouths about them. And I think it's more about the other brother. What's the other brother's name? It's not Anthony. Anthony and um, what's the other fool's name? Whatever the, whatever his other brother's name is, I think it's more his fault that Anthony gets the bad rap because, again, that brother was supposed to be the better brother. He was supposed to be the more athletic, the more skilled guy, and he's the guy that's taking a lot of L's. Anthony Durrell is 33 one and one with 24 KOs and his name. You said he don't have any dogs, but it, but his alias is the dog. Now, if you go in there last night and you're thinking you're going to see, you want to yeah. see something special from Anthony. Um, I mean, Anthony from Darrell, you're, you're going to be mistaken. So I went in there, you know, I went in, I, I go into things objectively. I'm from the school of uh, Troy Touraine. Uh, AKA DJ Star, which I'm an, object, uh, an objective hater. I can hate, and I can hate with the best <laughs> of them. But I can also, I can also see what you're doing good, see what you're looking like, and give you props when props are due. I give Anthony Durrell props for last night's fight, last night's performance. Now you say you, it wasn't what we wanted to see, but we just saw guys going toe to toe, giving each other work. Right? We saw. A uh, little, I forgot how to, I don't know how to say his name, uh, Vildrum, Vildrum, Yildrum, or something like that. You know, he's coming out there. He was 21 and uh, one, I believe, going into the fight. He's coming out there to win the chip for his country. He's out there fighting. He's doing dirty tactics. He's headbutting. He's doing whatever he takes to win. Darrell, he's trying to hold him off, but it's hard to hold a guy off if he's coming all day, all night. So Darrell had to sit down, and they just started trading blows. Darrell was getting hit with shots. He was getting hit with a lot of shots. But they weren't seeming to phase him. Uh, He was hitting the guy with more shots. I thought it was a very – I thought I had Darrell winning at least seven rounds out of ten. But they were all close. A lot of them were very, very close rounds, and it just depends on what you like. I thought it was a pretty good fight. I thought it was a pretty good performance. 
I thought Darrell went out like a G. You know, he's got a big-ass ga- gash in his eye. Tells the ref. The yeah, ref comes over, says he wants to stop it. Yeah, ref says he wants to stop it. He says, hell no, I can't stop this. You know, this guy's, uh, you know, his livelihood is on the line, man. I'm sorry, I'm out here barbecuing, and we got, uh, I don't know, Chang over here wants to weed eat right now. But but either way, man. And I got the real, same I think thing he going on a- right now. These fucking lawnmowers, sons of bitches, they're doing the same thing outside here, too, so. Yeah, I got the same issue yeah, going on right now, bro. Yeah, I don't get it. But so that's that little buzz. But as far as the real man, hey, for what the real is, for where I see the real, where I had him in my hierarchy of fighters, um, Anthony Durrell, he came, he showed and proved last night. Now I knew it was going to be a tough fight. I think I said it was going to be tough. I didn't know if he was going to fold. He didn't fold. He kept on boxing the whole time. You know, he was getting hit. He isn't the best. You know, he isn't the best of the best, but what he is, I think what he is, is a dog, and he showed it. The stronger guy, he wasn't the stronger guy in there, but he was going toe-to-toe with the stronger, smaller guy because he couldn't keep him off because his skills aren't really – well, I say that, but he, I don't know what the hell was going on with Darrell. I think he just wanted to fight because he is a dog because, like JP said, he's got that crazy look in his eyes. You know, the other brother looks calm and collective. He looks like he might have just – you know, like he's uh, he's on something at all times. So I give that that was a pretty good performance. I give him a B performance, man. I'm not I'm not down on him. In fact, you know, I think um, they were fighting for the WBC belt, which was what David Benavidez's old belt that he got taken away for the sniffery. I don't think he can beat David Benavidez, but I think it would be a good ass fight. So, Anthony Durrell, man, I think he did a good job. I liked the fight. I enjoyed it. I thought I, I was on my uh, on the edge of my seat the whole time because they were very close rounds, and they were punching, man, and they were going at it, man. It might have not have been the best skilled fighters, but they were fighting, and they were fighting for the belt. So, I enjoyed it. I'm not mad at Anthony Durrell at all. In fact, I will apologize to him and say it's because of your brother that you're getting this bad, that you're getting this bad rap, man. So, Hey, good job. Like I said, B, I give him a solid B. He was getting hit way too much, but he was doing a lot of good things, showing a lot of heart in there against a guy who's probably on his level. You know, we probably saw B-level fighters fighting for the chip, that old Sniffery Benavidez that, uh, that, uh, got taken away from him. So I'm not mad at it, man. Now, the fights before were trash, but that I wasn't mad at it at all. Yeah, no, they uh, they started off. Uh, it started off like, you know, it started off pretty good. They both got their they let their hands go early in the fight. I think even in that third round, uh, Darrell caught him with a pretty. I mean, where he caught him on the button with the left hook that he threw in the third round. If he had like some real pop in him to to, to separate himself from some of the uh, uh, guys that's not necessarily top heavy, but the guys from a little bit behind his ranking, you know, when you land a shot, I mean, maybe that's credit to to the opposition, maybe he's got a good chin because, you know, Darrell, when, I, when he landed that early hook in the third round, I thought that it was going to, uh, you know, send old buddy on Bud Street for a little bit. But, you know, credit to him. They they, they definitely did go at it. And I, I just came into the fight with the notion, like, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know how to kind of look at it a certain way, but, you know, it's, it's just kind of, as a boxing viewer, you know what you're kind of get to expect, I guess. When you're, you're going into a fight with Darrell headlining, it's the, uh, you know, hey, Friday night fights ain't here no more. But I'm not saying that it would be that type of a, a fight on Friday night fights on ESPN. But 
somewhere along those lines, you know. But and and you know, and on the other side of it too, there's a lot of people out there that are thinking that Darrell lost the fight, man. Like, you know, I, I I go on Twitter and you know search Anthony Darrell last night after the fight, and I see a lot of people saying that, you know, for they might have seen the fight the other way for whatever reason that is. Maybe people just, like you said, they don't like Jarrell because of his brother and think that maybe he gets a little bit of some of that backlash, you know? So, but, but, but yeah, I mean. It's got to be. I'm not going to. I had him winning the fight easily. I mean, one ref had it. I think one ref, it was a split decision, so I don't know. No, it was a technical decision slash split decision, right? So, um, yes. one ref had, I think one ref had it sort of like crazy for Yildirim or however the hell you say his name. I think he had him like, I don't really remember the scores. Maybe it was 96, 94, or something like that. But I think one of the the guy who had it for Yildum had it, like, sort of, it, it seemed like it was a little more lopsided. I don't know how they saw that. It was sort of, I don't know. It's, it was close at the beginning, but Darrell started started um, taking over. But Yildum, he wasn't going to die. And he then he started cheating, throwing headbutts on purpose. You know, Darrell was like, man, goddamn, you know, he's, you know, cursing loud as hell where we can hear him in the in the ring after he's getting headbutted. Hey, I don't know why the guy thought he won. He knew he was headbutting, and he knew he was headbutted on purpose. Like, he was going to old school tactics. I'm not mad at it. You know, you're trying to win that belt. But, you know, Darrell is a two-time super middleweight champion. He's not his brother. I think he deserves a little more respect than we give him. And, again, I apologize for that. And if you thought that other guy won, it's, I don't know. It's probably just pure hate. Well, yeah, it's, um, it, it has to be pure hate. But there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are kind of giving him shit, even you know um, the way people kind of see it. But I mean, eh, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of a people are a little bit on the fence a little bit about how that went down. Me personally, I thought Darrell won the fight. Um, I didn't think it was anything. Uh, that he had kind of to emphatically state that he won the fight, but I think he de- he definitely won the fight. But you know how it is when we got two sides of the spectrum. We're gonna see the fight a completely different way, and when it comes to incompetent judging, that kind of leave uh, more question marks than people probably already had going into the decision of that fight. But it doesn't help anything. It doesn't help. If there's a lopsided for the other side. Yeah. That shit just makes everything worse. Gas on the fire, you know. Yeah, now what I would say is, you know, if I, I give him a B plus, I, I mean, give him a B, but in no way am I saying that he showed elite skills last night. In no way am I saying that he's a top five. Well, he might be top five super middleweight, but he's barely scratching that top five. He should be. He shouldn't be ashamed of himself because he knows where he is, and we know where he is as a fighter. So the opportunity came. He took it, like you said. Fox Sports One headliner for a WBC super middleweight belt. You know, with super middleweight banging like it is. I don't think any of the other guys are fighting on uh, Fox Sports One for any of those belts. Um, so we know that he's a B fighter. You know, no disrespect. You know, B B. Uh, yeah, he's a B level yeah, fighter, and he sure. fought another B level. He fought another B level B level fighter, and he and he beat him. So, good performance by him. But in no way am I taking this performance and saying that he can do that. He's better than we think he is, and 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 that's even with me saying that I've 
we've been hating. I think we've been hating on him the whole time because of his brother. His brother was still the more athletic, the more skillful guy. He's just more of the dog. He's more of the guy that's going to fight, and he's going to fight it out. So he gets my respect. This doesn't catapult him up the uh, the rankings to me at all, but it was a good fight. I enjoyed it. And his brother being Andre Durrell, who, yeah, that's a, that's definitely the, the cure for insomnia type of a fighting style that that guy has. <laughs> kind of, you know, goes back on his brother, unfortunately, but that's just kind of circumstances of how it goes in boxing sometimes, especially when you got guys who are identical like that. And, you know, people are just going to, you know, it just it's just something that boxing fans drag along. But, yeah, definitely, um, like I said, respect to Anthony Durrell for, doing what he did and picking up a, a, a well-earned victory. It was a tough fight, you know, in that 10th round when they're asking him if he wants to stop for that cut. Obviously, he doesn't know the, the, how, how bad that cut is, you know, just especially going with adrenaline, adrenaline and things like that. But I'm pretty sure he knew that it was something significant when, they're, when you, know, you get looked at by the doctor on the side and um, the severity of it. You know, that was a – it was a nasty one. It's one of those ugly cuts that you probably never want to get in boxing because of the setback alone. But uh, I'm not so sure how much the pain would be uh, given the adrenaline factor and things like that. I feel like it would be more of an annoying injury as far as messing with your vision than it would be uh, uh, painful. Uh, but, that, hey, I'm just a guy. I'm just a spectator. I, don't, I, I, I haven't had a cut that severe on an eye going in a 12-round championship fight, so I can't say. But, um, yeah, uh, good performance by him. And, Will, you're a better man than me. Because sometimes, no, I take that back. We're, we're, we're equals, brother. Because I would do the same thing if I was uh, saying some things as far as critique and was shown otherwise and proven differently. And then, you know, take back some statements. I, I, I'm, I'm a person that could take back a statement and, and uh, give give credit to others if that happens. So, Mazel top to you as well, good sir. Uh, but, but moving along from that, uh, I uh, this is weird, man. Obviously, I told you guys that I had James DeGale as my prediction to win the fight. Yeah, yeah, so did JP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think one guy had Eubanks. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but yeah. <clears throat> Seattle Simon also, he had picked uh, DeGale also. <laughs> So I'm, I, I'm giving you that one so you can feel. I, I know I know you're over there standing on Willow Island right now with your flag planted, with your little your little long, your little drink with the the, the little uh, shit on inside of it. Like uh, you're feeling real good right now. You're the only guy who who picked with Eubank Jr., which is surprising because you know UK bred all that stuff. But whatever. And um, yeah, I was really surprised yesterday watching that fight, man. To me. You know, you, you, you kind of want to say certain things like he got old overnight and make some sort of excuses and shit like that. But there wasn't no excuses whatsoever. You know, the guy looked shot one, and he just got caught at the, the worst times, especially when it was uh, him catching some of those early buzzes. Uh, I mean, you know, he got dropped in the second round. And a lot of those times when he was getting himself in danger was doing that that herky-jerky shit that he does and getting caught going backwards. And, I mean, we all know Eubanks, he's got pop to him. Most definitely Eubanks got pop. It's just the the problem he has 
is when it comes to actually landing some of those shots instead of exacerbating himself from throwing some of these heavy-handed shots and, and, and losing, you know, his gas tank. So, um, you know, it, 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 it was the exact opposite of how I've seen things. And it's a, it's a back-and-forth kind of a thing that happened with me and this uh, performance by Chrissy Banks Jr. wasn't the greatest performance but it was a good good performance and more than enough of a performance, which um, I want to put this out there real quick because Michael Alexander and Phil Edwards, the two judges who had it 114-112, that was Michael Alexander, and Phil Edwards had it 115-112, which is a little bit better. But Michael Alexander, talk about incompetent, I mean, incompetent judges because, I mean, outside of mm, – the first and fourth round, I see nothing that James Miguel that went his way in that fight in order for him to pick up uh, rounds in, at all. I mean, and you got the you got the knockdown in the second, and I mean, hey, the eleventh round might have been a swing round. I'm not sure about that one, but I I I just had that one chalked up as a uh, as a swinger. But I mean, in my opinion, I've seen it ten rounds given to Chris Eubanks and not counting the knockdown. And for them to have 114-112 for Michael Alexander, that's uh, got a little bit of a corruption written on it. I don't know why. Maybe they don't like Eubank. I don't know. Whatever. But I thought I'd put that out there because that was uh, something that needs to be brought up whenever you see some terrible judges like that. And uh, it was definitely something that caught my eye immediately. Like, yo, how do – uh, the, the, I, didn't, I did not write the other judge's name down, which I should have, because I would like to give that man credit because I think he got the 117 factor out there. And I was like, okay, that's where uh, uh, I'm leaning towards, 117-109. And that's where, I, I, you know, you got it right. I like, I mean, hey, I agree with him on that. But, you know, you know the, the, the girl, like, you know, I mean, shit. And, and surviving that headshot, that, or that huge hook that landed, the left hook that landed uh, in the tenth round with the, at the twenty six mark, twenty six second mark. I mean, hey, I thought he was going to be out of there at that point in time. He was uh, he was getting caught with some bombs, and then he was, uh, you know, or the the eleventh round is why I say it was the swing round. I, I meant was a, a nine nine because Chris Eubanks was winning that round, and that's when James DeGale kind of lunged in on top of him. And he gave him that Triple H spine buster from WWF, like, and he got the point deducted for that. So, I mean, clean slate, damn near for Chris Eubanks Jr. And I expected him to do that against George Groves. And when I seen as bad of a performance that he had in that fight, I just thought that James DeGale was going to be uh, that much more of a problem going into my prediction for the fight. But uh, obviously, was proven wrong. Hey, good for uh, good for. Chris Eubanks Jr. talking about, you know, he wants to, he said it's belt season. I guess that's what they say in the U.K. because over here we already know what it is. It's trash season, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'd like to thank Mr. Jerry Jones, you know, that guy Spence. But um, anyways, I was wrong. I take my plate of crow and give me some hot sauce with that shit because um, it was a really good performance. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Eubanks because that's the Eubanks I wanted to see against George Groves. And uh, I'm not going to say it's a better late than never kind of performance because I don't know if he's going to get in the ring with somebody that he's going to be able to uh, find himself so fortunate enough to land some of those heavy shots that he had 
uh, like James DeGale because, unfortunately, I think that guy's shot. So, um, But uh, uh, I would give him a, a B-plus performance, pretty good performance by Ebanks Jr. And uh, uh, aside from the incompetent judges, Michael Alexander and Phil Edwards, he should have had a, a lot better of a fight that, or a lot better of a scorecard more so in his favor. Uh, James DeGale, in my opinion, was talking yesterday like he's uh, already looking for retirement, which you also brought up, Willa. Whenever you talk about retirement, you got one foot out of the ring, and it kind of showed yesterday. Um, in my personal opinion, it was uh, James DeGale only got out of there without touching the canvas because he was in full-on survivor mode once he found out how powerful that pop was from Chris Eubanks. So um, I'm going to take it to JP uh, because – I don't want to be on the Titanic sinking by myself. So a fellow member who picked <laughs> James DeGale himself, JP, we got to eat this crow today, man. I know Will is feeling real good about himself right now uh, and all that good stuff. But, you know, it, it, you know, a, a blind squirrel finds a nut every time, every once in a while, and a dead clock's right twice a day. So, you know, we'll just chalk it up at that. JP was good, man. Uh, chilling, my brother. Uh, good uh, afternoon to you guys. Should be about afternoon over there. Um, shit, church went a little long this morning, so I'm checking in a little late. <clears throat> but I did catch the. Uh, I was able to catch the DeGale Eubank fight. Uh, when me when we were previewing the fight, I think we held some caveat. Now I'm gonna take my crow. Give me my motherfucking crow. But I did hold out somewhat of a caveat saying if the look the part all-star Chris Eubank could quote unquote put it all together, you know, cause we, he's kind of like that Adrian Broner in the sense where we see all this 70 punch combinations you can throw against a pad, but how come when we put you in something yeah. where it has a pulse, you seem to throw zero punches, but you can throw a hundred punch combination as good as anybody against a fucking pad or a bad or a bag, but you can't do it in the ring when someone's actually fighting you. But Chris Eubank uh, was able to correct some of those wrongs and uh, senior Chris Eubank senior did say this coming into the fight. He felt like Chris had to go take some L's to really come back to the drawing board and accept the help that pops was trying to give him in the first place. So um, we were able to see Chris Eubank Jr. set up the shots better. You know what I mean? Maybe not always off a jab, but like you're saying, they were landing accurately. It just wasn't those wild looping, you know, lead right hands that, you know, the home run swing, so to speak. It was actually some um, some tact about it. And some, some he had some set up to, what, to getting off his power shots. So <clears throat> James DeGale, though, <clears throat> The ghost has officially left the building, as uh, the great Suge used to say. And that's official yep. at this point. You know, he just don't got that dog in him no more. You know, it comes a time for every fighter when you accept taking knees. When taking knees is a part of your, your defense, you, you should go on ahead and wrap it up. And, uh, you know, James DeGale just looks like a, a shell of himself at this point. As that is say, oh, how the mighty – has fallen, you know, James DeGale, a guy who you, who was arguably two to three years ago a pound-for-pound pound fighter, you know what I mean? Someone definitely within the top 15 of the sport, <clears throat> um, looking like a real tough out at 168, 
now looks like he's kind of shopworn, like you say. It looks like, you know, once that jaw, that that jaw's cracked and the guy gets hurt, it just seems easier to do. And James DeGale is a living testament of that. So happy for Chris Eubank. I think, uh, you know, has still has a lot of upsides and ceiling, a lot of, a lot of raw ability on display, not, you know, a very technical fighter, but there's plenty of room for improvement. Let's see if he can, um, you know, home it all and reel it in and become that guy we always was hoping he could be. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, this is a good point you mentioned by his pops wanting to, um, for him to have to come to the realization of acceptance from help that he needs and, and, and some, uh, uh, you know, leaks in his game, so to speak, and uh, maybe that's what it was. Because, like, I mean, you know, we all know that the kid passes the eye test when you look at the guy. If, if someone was in a in a gym and seen him work a heavy bag, you're like, man, that's a fucking killer right there. Like, oh, nobody want to get in the ring with that guy. But then, yeah, when he has a life form in front of him that's not stationary like the bag is, we've seen him struggle. So, um, I think the the criticism comes with with validation for for reasons that we've seen in the past. You know, there's no way, no how I think a guy like Chris Eubanks should lose to a guy like George Gross. But, hey, shit happens. It's a fight game. And um, if he could uh, put it all together and have some more performances like this, hey, I'm, I'm, back, on, I'm back on track with him. Because, I mean, I, I, I've seen little to no skill for in the performances that he had lackluster, you know. And, hey, if he's able to put it together and keep it going like this, I'm all for it. I like the kid, but you know, I I just seen times when he struggled a little too much, and and uh, it, it wasn't my cup of tea from a, a fighter standpoint. And um, you know, that is what it is. Uh, the, the 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 whole fight for itself. I mean, the O2 was hype, and you could tell that anytime the Gale did land something, and uh, even in the first round. Uh, or the uh, what I have, uh, fourth round, I believe. You know, as soon as James Miguel started doing something, you hear the crowd chanting "Chunky, Chunky." So they, I mean, yeah, the, uh, they, the, the people wanted to see him and have a great performance, and it seemed like it, maybe the crowd was just a fifty-fifty split or whatever. And maybe they, uh, maybe some of those UK guys don't like the arrogance that that Eubank Jr. displays at times. But I. As much shit talking that was going on for the whole press conference and things like that, it was nice to see those guys show some sportsmanship at the end. Uh, even though Ebanks didn't seem like he was, he wasn't bending over backwards or 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 necessarily reaching out the hand at first, or you know maybe it was uh, uh, kind of standoffish a little bit somewhat when they were you know kind of talking at the end. Uh, but it wasn't as bad as Baker Mayfield, you know, keeping the arm extended. To keep from oh, out no. of a hug hey. reach like he did with Hugh Jackson. <laughs> it was What's it up, was man? opposite. It was opposite of what Darrell did. I don't know if you saw the end of that fight. I forgot all about that. Good thing you mentioned that. <clears throat> he was like, "Did you see him put in the belt in the other guy's face?" And they was like, they was gonna fight after the fight. I think even the announcers were like, "Uh oh, these guys might fight by you know that boy Darrell." He was very animated about getting that win. He was like, "Fuck y'all." He went over there with the belt, wow. like, put it in his face. He was sort of high. He was sort of high after that fight. I think I wow, forgot. I, I think that's that, what man. gave me, a, yeah, that extra. That's why that might have what gave the night that extra 
that little extra push over that I enjoyed so much. That's, I rem, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, so he put it in his face. He was cursing. He walked over there like, fuck y'all. You know, they was, you know, they was mad. The one guy was like pushing his, um, pushing his trainer. It was very weird. Like the trainer was like, you know, because my bad on going back to that fight, but you know, after he got the knock, after they stopped the fight, Yildemir, he jumped up like he was going to win, right? He was, ah, I won. And his trainer was like, oh, calm down. And he, like, pushed his trainer. And then Darrell did a backflip. Then he got the win. And he's like, nah, fuck y'all. Put the put the belt in his face. So, yeah, he went out. You said he wasn't a dog at the beginning of the show, but he, he sure did go out like one. Wow. I, I was, uh, I just uh, searched the hashtag, Anthony Darrell, when you were breaking that down. And, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the part where he puts the belt in their face, but it seemed like a lot of shit talking was going on at the end of that. Like, <laughs> I mean, you could just tell uh, he was hyped to get that belt, and you could see him. I mean, I don't know how much of the the, the trash talk was going on, but yeah, that I know you like that, Will. You like to see the poor sportsmanship and things of that nature. Ah, you know. <laughs> That's no, yeah, that got me hyped. Oh, but, but on on the Eubanks man, uh, if I can. Uh, Eubanks, he's a guy that, like I said earlier, when it comes to me, I'm an objective hater. I'm a hater of the U.K. brother, a super hater, one might say. But I'm very objective, and I always give credit when credit is due. I say always, probably 97.8% of the time, I'm going to give credit when it's due. And Eubanks has everything physically that you need to be great in the boxing game. And being the son of a champion, being the son of a guy that is, you know, a legend in this country, you know, even though his dad is one of the original UK brothers, you know, I just, I never really saw him fight. I just know I've seen interviews, seen highlights. But one of his highlights is when he let a white guy come over and give him that work. That's very that's classic UK brother right there. But his dad is a legend nonetheless. Eubanks, he didn't have the mentality pre-Madonna. I think he thought because it's, you know, we see him all the time. Uh, well, we say we see him all the time. We see, you know, Chavez Jr., same type of deal. You know, when you're coming up and you're the prince, when you're the, when you're the prince, you, prob- you do prince-like things, right? And he got worked. You know, he got a split decision, Billy Joe Saunders, Billy Ho, you know, your guy. And he got Billy a Joe. unanimous L. Yeah, Billy Ho, like I said. We, but he's got it, and he got no, a unanimous L. Joe. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said, Billy Ho Saunders. I'm speaking Spanish. There's <laughs> no, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the J is, makes the, the H sound. I'm saying the same thing. But he looked very – he changed his his dad – came out, you know, I really didn't listen to what his dad said, and I had to listen to him afterwards. His dad came out and said he thought he was going to lose this fight, which is, you know, he gave him this thing. And his dad, you know, when he talks, he talks like, uh, what's my man's name? Jeffrey from from uh, Fresh Prince. So you're listening to him, and he's talking so elegantly, and you just get lost in the way, you know. So, you know, he's very entertaining. I like that guy. That's why, you know, I do like that guy, especially as a father promoter. But he said his son was going to lose the fight. And he said the reason why is because his son, like JP mentioned too, his son was taking the hard way. He didn't really want to listen. He thought he was the shit. Seems like he's got a new trainer. 
He said in the, uh, the press conference that they did something that they've never done before. He looked at tape and came with a game plan, and he followed the game plan. And he looked hella good doing it. Now, DeGale, another U.K. brother. I don't know what DeGale is. Is he black and white? I'm not really sure. Is he like some kind of Indian guy? I have no idea. But I put him in the U.K. brother brother scene. Well, yeah. But unlike – right? Remember, yeah, 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 but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks like some kind of mixed hit. Yeah, she's look, she's a fine, fine mixed feel. Yeah, yeah. But the girl is the one. Yeah, yeah. The girl is a guy that even though I call him a UK brother and I put him, I lump him in there. He's a guy that actually hasn't ever really went out like a hoe. He'll take a knee, but he hasn't really gone out like a hoe. And he's gonna fight until the Good end. Point. He's gonna, he's going to stick his tongue out after he gets beat up. You know, he has a little, you know, he has a little heart to him. And he was getting worked last night. Um, I didn't see, I didn't see the card. I went away because I knew it was easy work. So when you said something about the cards, I didn't even really know. I had to go back and look and be like, damn, so one, these guys had it close. So the foolery was in, I guess the fool, the fix was in, or maybe they just didn't want them to be yep. able to look bad. I, I'm not sure what was going on there, but. That was damn near easy work. The girl did hit him a few times. The girl, but the girl started going in with the trickery. He started head butting. Uh, he started hitting in the balls when he started losing. You know, the girl does stuff that hey, and I'm not mad at that. That's showing you got some heart. That's showing like damn, I'm losing. I'm gonna hit this motherfucker in the balls to try to even the score. I'm not mad at that. That's cheating. Uh-huh. Yeah, he did do that. Yeah, that but, low blow did. Yeah, he got that in the yeah, front, right? yeah, and then, yeah, and then he started, yeah, and then he started giving him some work. It's like you know, yeah. he, 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 little tactics that he did. I think he hit him with the head, but that's what cut cut Eubanks, right? Am I thinking about the same right fight? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, he hit him with a head, but so it was a uh, he, he kind of, he's got these tactics that he's pulling out to try to win. He was in there to win. He definitely he was. just doesn't have it. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't have it anymore. And, uh, you know, he was talking about retiring last time. And I just tried to tell you guys that doesn't have it. I mean, uh, the Gale doesn't have it, and Eubanks might be all right. You know, he's still young enough that two L's, it ain't going to do nothing for him. He, he's got it. He's, his legend is that his, his dad is a legend. He's got the name. <laughs> he just needs to uh, rack up a couple of more wins, and he'll be back on the major scene, I think. <clears throat> they did mention that. The only reason he moved up to super middleweight was for the money that he was going to get in the uh, the World Series, and that he only fought last night at 168, so that he will more than likely be going back down to middleweight, and that he wants a piece of old Billy Ho if Billy Ho's going to still be down there. Well, that's very unprofessional of you. Um, I guess you're. Habla Espanol, that's why you're calling him by the Spanish term of Billy Joe. <laughs> but, hey, um, no, you made a good point about the, the low blow and the, the headbutt that he was doing. He was definitely trying those dirty tactics because on my notes I wrote down that uh, DeGale did find a, he find a home, he found a home for that left hand that was coming through, uh, getting through the guard and landing in that fourth round. But that was because he, you know, he, he had he had that low blow and you know try to slow this guy down. He knew that when he got popped in that second round, you know maybe I got to get to these dirty tactics quicker than quicker than I want to. 
you know, and then, um, you know, there was a point in time in that fight, if you remember, when uh, I think um, Eubanks had slipped or something, he, he went to the canvas, and DeGale put that right hand on the back of his neck, like kind of, like, lean, going past him and just kind of put his head down, like, towards the, putting it, forcing his head down to the canvas. I thought Eubanks was going to get up pissed off at that, probably why he, you know, spine busted him in that 11th round when he did. <laughs> yeah, just like, frustrated. Yeah. He, he did give him that spine buster like he's about to set up the people's elbow, dog. I thought he was going to do the people's elbow after that. <laughs> yeah, he definitely did that, man. And, hey, like I said, and you brought up the, the tongue sticking out point. He's always done that, and he did it probably after every round yesterday, <laughs> sticking his tongue out at him. He did that a lot against uh, Porky Medina when uh, Medina was, you know, a lot of people thought that he won that fight. But DeGale, is, the stuff that he's always did with the, the, the dirty tactic and stuff like that, yeah, he never went out like a hoe, like you said. He's always been a guy that was game, and that's kind of why I wanted to see him get his ass whipped so much throughout over the years because, you know, the the stick, the, the, the taunting and, and all that shit. And he's, uh, you know, his fighting style, he's really throwback. He's a throwback type of a fighter. A lot of the hooky-dooky stuff always going from conventional to southpaw. You know, DeGale is a... Uh, He's a fighter that's very easy to dislike. But let me say this. Going out like a hoe doesn't only extend to you surviving and staying in there, at least in my estimation of it. To me, you can go out like a hoe just because you're going out like a like – a, well, let me see what the proper word is that, – that you're just going out like a sucker. To me, DeGale goes out like a sucker to some degree. You know, why are you sticking your your tongue out your mouth? You're getting your ass whooped. That sucker shit. You know, go in there, try fucking hard, keep your head down, try hard, and go in there and finish the fight out. But all this sucker shit and these antics, why are you getting your ass whooped? That's going out like a hoe to me. That That falls under hoe in my categorization of it. I agree oh, yeah. to some point, but it's not taking a knee and, and, and shutting it down. At least he's not shutting it down. Maybe I won't say a hoe. He's not shutting it down like a lot of these U.K. brothers tend to do in, in, in well, situations see, now, like now that. that. Here's a nuance to that, though, Willa, because some people like Adrian Broner, and you could even add Floyd Mayweather to this. Uh, if you, A mentality of certain dudes is like, I like Adrian Broner's mentality is I cannot be seen getting knocked out. I'm going to do whatever it uh, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson bit a motherfucker's ear off because he did not want to be seen knocked out. That's a thing, man. Now some dudes we call them warriors. We call them warriors most times. They put all abandoned, throw it to the air, all abandoned. Some dudes is like, uh, I got a some persona to still uphold here and now I can lose but I can't get knocked the fuck out. That's a thing now once you get knocked out, like Roy Jones is still Roy Jones. But our last memories of Roy Jones is him sleep. You know what I mean? Ali never got knocked out. Now some dudes going gonna go to the furthest extent. Now Ali was a G with his like a guy he just took beatings. He didn't do no cute shit after when he was said and done when it was uh, Larry Holmes at the time 
And, uh, you know, Ali, even when uh, the fight where he lost to Frazier, <clears throat> Ali just took a, a goddamn beating when he took his beatings and didn't, wasn't cute, didn't do no Ali shuffles, didn't talk no shit, just took that beating but kept his head down and kept trying. Um, so James DeGale, bringing it back full circle, James DeGale, you know, he, he, he knows to take a knee. But I think James DeGale is one of those dudes who doesn't want to be seen getting knocked out. And that don't make him no tougher than a dude who gets knocked out. Just because when when he knows it's like, oh, shit, I'm getting it's getting a little, a little past where I like it, the comfort zone, let me take a knee. Now the real warrior keeps fighting right there while, while he's getting foggy in the head, while he's, his physical stamina is exerted, while he's searching for it and the other guy is surging. He don't take a knee. So I don't know, man. We got to we gotta really define these lines of calling this guy some kind of G because he finished out fights. Getting beat up, sticking your tongue out, taking all these fucking knees. Uh, hey, there's dudes who could take a knee, but they'd be like, fuck it, I'm still trying to knock this dude out in this moment, in this exchange. You know, so I don't know. I'm just saying. Hey, I, I'm with you 100%. Now, I didn't say getting knocked out. Now, a guy getting knocked out, I never said UK brothers go and they get knocked out. That's not what they do. They fold. David Hay, he he folded. Lennox Lewis, he didn't want the next fight. He folded. That's not – I'm talking about just folding over. Getting knocked out, you might get knocked out. But I understand what you're saying, and you might be 100% oh, okay. right. I was No, wrong. I see what you're saying. I see you're, what you're saying. No. You're right. The Gale you got it right. is a whole-ass nigga. No, the Gale's a whole-ass nigga. You're right. I was trying to – I have this, this thing about the Gale that I sort of like him, so I was trying to maybe give him preferential treatment. But, you know, he's still a U.K. brother, and you're right. I shouldn't separate well, these guys from – try to separate these guys. I'm just going to put them all in the lump, except Chris well, Eubanks, I, Jr. I, I think you, 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 you hit it there, though, Willow, when you said the Gale doesn't fold. Now, what you're saying to me is, like, the Gale is always game. We haven't seen DeGale come in there and act like a hoe in the first couple of rounds. When DeGale came in in every fight I ever seen him in, looking like he thought he was going to win and was trying to win. You know, at some point he figures, oh, I'm probably not going to win, and he starts doing DeGale-type things. But that's different than folding, though. So there is something there. There is something there where they don't want to smoke the – the uh, Gale didn't seem to always want the smoke, so that that's something there. But we we starting to beat a dead horse a bit. Yeah, I am really confused with you guys' descriptions of the H and N. But what I do know is I'm not confused when it comes to segueing. And let's segue as this moment goes because the uh, undercard from that fight folding. <clears throat> God, you know, going out like like you guys are saying. Remains the Vern. Old. Did you guys see that Joe Joyce fight with Remains the Because I'll tell you right now, a lot of people, and a lot of UK people, are really hyping this Joe Joyce guy. You know, the juggernaut Joe Joyce. Like, you know, he beat the shit out of Wilder, this and that, funny talk. Um, not impressed. I've seen the fight yesterday with Remains the Vern. Well, you can't get a guy out of there who – was getting tagged up as much as he was early in the fight. And I mean early talking about the first, second round. He got dropped in the first round. I mean, for Mance Duvern, guy's mouth was open the whole time. Getting tagged up, keeping his hands down, out of shape, 
it's hard to believe that this guy was the WBC heavyweight champion not that long ago. Think about it. Not that long ago. He, he had good performances in it, you know, in his heyday. You know, LeVar Ball would say. But ah. those days are over, man. <laughs> those days well, are over, can, can I speak to Bermain <laughs> for a second? Yeah, go ahead, my brother. Let me, <clears throat> now, this may be a topic for another another conversation, another day. But I just want to throw something into the mix. That being, there aren't very many people these days similar to like a Devin Haney who have went about their young amateur life being, you know, when you're a kid and you um, aspire to be some type of athlete. You, in today's time, we ain't talking the 50s and the 60s because back in them days they actually used to teach Boxing at PE at high in in, in your uh, gym class in school, those days are long gone. <clears throat> so you rarely see a person set out to be a boxer from a young age. You just it's rare. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I, I haven't ever really seen it truly in my life. A, a young kid like I'm gonna be a boxer. Everybody being a basketball player, football player, whatever it be. <clears throat> that said, I believe um, like the heavyweight division are. Majority of the majority of them are all failed football players or some other kind of athlete for the most part. All that said, getting around to remains to fern. Man, I don't know what fight solidified me at some point in time thinking remains to fern the Haitian the Haitian nightmare. I think I don't know what his name is. I know he's Haitian. At some yeah, point he, in time, he had won some fight that convinced me that he was somebody real. Now, I wish I knew what that fight was. I, I, we were all there. At some point in time, this guy was the man for a moment in time. And you look at him today, and I'd like to also say that there was two fighters, and I don't always say this. This is actually a first I'll say this in my life. There's two fighters that fought last night that I believe I could beat. Now, let me put the emphasis on that by saying I respect professionals. If you're a professional fucking, you know them dudes that be out front of the tax places? I don't know if they got them out where y'all be at. <clears throat> and they spin signs and shit. Now, you have dudes that just sit out there with their headphones oh, on yeah. and dance with the, with the sign. But then there's professional ones. I met a professional sign dude. That motherfucker was doing cartwheels with the goddamn sign, uh, <laughs> doing all kind of flips with it and backflips. He was a professional. And you can't fuck with professionals, so I don't say it lightly when I say I feel I can beat up two professionals that fought last night, one being Bermaine Stavern in the condition that he's in. You're talking about folding and coming to take a check. You know, <clears throat> did he survive? Was he in survival mode the whole time? Yeah, he just was in there to survive, but, man, he didn't come to win. And that may be the difference, but um, I don't know, man. At some point in time. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. We thought Bermain Stavern was somebody serious. And looking at him now, it's like this dude is so fucking regular. And that's um, that's all I'm going to say for now. Well, yeah, he definitely I'll answer that. He definitely is, bro. I know the answer to that question. Ahead, the reason why Bermain Stavern, we thought, people thought Bermain Stavern, I never did, thought that he was real deal. It's because of Wilder, and we wanted 
Wilder. They wanted they're all whoever thought that you're probably a fan of Wilder. And you have to build somebody up to make Wilder legitimate. So you build a guy that beat up Chris Ariola. Chris Ariola wasn't any good. Remains to burn. Think maybe knocked him out. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. He he won he beat Chris Ariola two times in a row. We thought and people thought that was a good win. It really wasn't Chris Ariola his baby is is really like a C level fighter, but I think that's really what it was. Severn beat Chris Ariola. Chris Ariola was sort of a American hype, you know, because he was what the first was he the first Mexican heavyweight champion, or did he even win the championship? I don't even think it might have been for vacant. Yeah, it was one of it was one of Vladimir's. It was one of Klitschko's belts, right? So they got one of Klitschko's yeah. belts. He, he beat Chris Ariola. It was sort of hype, right? He had a backstory. He was about to fight Wilder, the guy that everybody wanted to see. So we built him up. Mace Deverne's never really been legitimate. Wilder fans such as me, we uh, we claim that he is. I do claim that he is. But if we look back to it, he never really was. And I think it was all just a figment of us trying to push Wilder. I think he was at the right place wow. at the right time. You probably hit it. Nail on the head, yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to say that I can't exactly remember if it was uh, Chris Ariola, but I remember it was a fight in New York when seen Don King and and and, and Bermain-Savern, and I don't think it was Ariola, but I remember seeing Bermain-Savern. This was back, man. This is back. We're talking maybe 2014, maybe 2013. Not exactly sure. It looked uh, with the opposition that's shown on box rec, but Mermaid Severn did look like a killer. This is this is um it's it's I was looking at Severn a little bit in a legitimate light before the Ariola fight happened. After the Ariola fight happened, this guy might be good, you know. But um, yeah, it's hard to think that that guy was the WBC heavyweight champion of the world because what you seen last night from him against Joe Joyce. And look, people were hyping Joe Joyce. You guys didn't touch on him, but Joe Joyce. You, I mean, I mean, bro. He's a UK brother. But he, yeah. hey, he gets hit too much. You know, he gets hit too much, but he's trying to drop bombs too. He's dropping bombs, but he was getting hit. Him and Wilder would probably be a good fight. Uh, but he says he's not ready for those guys. He's not there yet. I like Joe Joyce. I like Joe Joyce. Uh, the the fight with him and Usyk, I think it's uh, on one of those sh- – Contender type shows, uh, fucking hell of a fight. And then you know it kind of goes to people asking whether Usyk could fight heavyweight or not. Well, Usyk definitely had a, a fight where he kind of beat up Joe Joyce, who's a heavyweight. So, well, you know Joe Joyce is going to be a uh, he's adding to the mix of the current heavyweight situation we have. I think you throw him in there with a Joseph Parker, we got a good fight on our hands. So, looking forward to seeing the progression of Joe Joyce. Oof. Yeah, get sure. that UK he, he nigga out of here. He got a lot of size on him, but I mean, just the sloppy punches he was throwing yesterday with Javern, he just to me it didn't seem like he had as much pop as I was uh, was was made, was made to believe. And you know, if you think about it too, like I'm not trying to do, say this to completely take credit away from Joe Joyce because he did get him out of there, and you know, hey, did what he's supposed to do, no matter how long it took. But 
if you listen to Bermain Severn and some of the press conferences they had, the guy's, you know, he's mumbling a lot. He's, he's you know, he, 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 to me, sounds like he's still drunk from that Deontay Wilder knockout. I don't know if he ever recovered for it. I know he was out of shape, and I know that he took this fight on a one-month and a half or almost two-month notice, whatever, whatever. But to me, he just didn't seem like a guy who's recovered. And, you know, he was he was talking a lot of shit at the press conference, which Berman Severn never talked shit until the, the the second Wilder fight had happened when they were, like, he started talking, and Don King's all, oh, no, no, y'all got this boy talking now. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, now he kind of just, he kind of, was he out of character by just trying to sell maybe a little extra promotion to up the ante on the paycheck or something like that from viewership wise or whatever, whatever. I don't know. But to me, he just, he didn't seem like a guy who was very cohesive in uh, in his uh, speech. And I mean, it showed man. dude was just, he was like the walking dead yesterday. Like, so right now, if anybody wants to get a good heavyweight, on their resume, I mean, at least a name, and you can somehow land a fight with Vermance Severn, that's easy pickings. You can get him out of there early, man. And, you know, maybe he never recovered from that uppercut that landed after Deontay Wilder did that little, you know, little crossover move that he did <laughs> when he got Vermance Severn out of there uh, when he had the ref ragdoll on his back. But to me, uh, it, it's definitely something for a cause for concern when I hear a guy talking. We all know that these guys are going to uh, eventually be somewhat punch drunk, but when it comes to the severity of a knockout remains to burn suffered against Deontay Wilder and kind of uh, not having that same speech and almost being uh, out of character as much as he was during a press conference, that was a, that was a, that for me raised my skeptical eyebrow up in that one for sure. But I mean, there's no question about it. Remains to burn need to hang it up. And I hope he has some good advisors in this corner that tells him that. I definitely agree with that. He should probably hang it up. Um, he did what he could. Now he's just getting beat up by UK brothers. So I wouldn't. I would just go ahead and hang it up if I was him. I agree. Joyce, he probably needs to fight <laughs> a couple more people before he steps up to the big dogs. Yeah, Bermain looks like he's he's full, you know. Uh, you know, for some people, Nicholas Walters, you come from these type of countries, you know, hey, man, four or five of these real paychecks, you can go sit on a fat-ass villa on the beach somewhere. I'm sure Bermain Stavern's made plenty enough money to be comfortable in Haiti. I don't know if he lives in Haiti. Uh, in my playful, immature mind, uh, I like to think he's – He stays in Miami, actually. He stays out there in South Florida. Well, that's pretty much Haiti to some degree. So then, yeah, he lives in Haiti, so fuck it. You know, and I like to think he's a big boss in fucking Haiti in my immature, dumb mind. So, yeah, he's in Haiti, and he's a a boss. He's he's living the Maidana life. You see how Maidana living in Argentina? Look how Maidana acting in Argentina. Maidana got a fucking 45... A uh, ACP co- uh, motherfucking ACP forty five in every picture that you see him in. Why does he have pistols like this? Is the thing though. But I don't know. He's fat as fuck. And he's made a few of these good checks and went back to Argentina. Got fat and carrying pistols. Fuck it. <laughs> Narcos, my Donna, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. It, it, 
you know, I, that, that's actually pretty funny. If uh, if I could find like some sort of a uh, Haitian mafioso picture and, and photo crop the man Severn's big ass on there, because <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much he made yesterday, but I'm pretty sure he made more than enough money in the Deontay Wilder fight that he had. And um, yeah, I mean, definitely fool. Guy came in overweight. Yeah, he's just there to collect a paycheck, unfortunately. Yeah, and and I've met him on a, a, a few occasions, and he's a really cool dude. Uh, but you know, you just call spade a spade. It's me. He just looked like a guy who was there just to get a check. Yeah, and I'm not mad at that. Get your money, but at the same time, protect your longevity. Don't be in a fight against a guy like Joe Joyce with your hands completely down and your mouth open like you're just asking for a broken jaw. Like, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I ain't trying to eat out of no motherfucking straw, you know? So, hey, it is what it was. But also, again, Segway King right here. Let's segue to another guy who should probably retire because Willa said that he really enjoyed the fight yesterday, that it happened. Uh, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this necessarily surprises somebody or whatever, whatever, because, you know, Brandon Reels, Obviously, the guy that I'm going to, he's, you know, he he had such a, a mystique about him. Even b- before the Pacquiao fight had happened, like, people thought that, you know, the, the wars that he had with Mike Alvarado and all that bullshit, like, people actually looked at him as a legitimate contender. And I'm going to speak on the JP talk right here. Here's somebody I think I'd beat the shit out of in a boxing ring is Brandon Rios. Brandon Rios, look, how long has it been since he, he fought Pacquiao in 2013? And that's when I wish I had the sound clip right now. I'd play that shit because ain't no crying in sports, man, and especially ain't no crying in boxing. And when he's like, oh, I, I look like a fucking punching bag to you or what? He's fucking crying to Max Kellerman when he was a punching bag against Manny Pacquiao. Should have retired then, bro. You know, he obviously <laughs> got back in there with Alvarado in 2015, he took that elder Bradley. You know, he, this guy's just old in the tooth, man. Old in the tooth, bro. And, I mean, I, I really wasn't – I would never look forward to seeing a fight involved with Brandon Rios, to be honest with you guys. I, I don't I don't like seeing those fighters who, you know, kind of just keep it going for whatever – you know, hey, if you need money and all that good stuff, that's fine. You know, I'm not a hater on nobody like that. But, you know, at the same time – it's uh, it's 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 really sad to see some of these guys like Brandon Rios, and I know he's still, you know, talking shit and 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 all this good stuff. Uh, but for me, like, yeah, he should have retired when Pacquiao beat him. But he really, 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 really should have retired after Danny Garcia knocked his ass out that we seen early last year. Uh, he he, it's not like he he's not getting in physical condition for these fights. Because you know he's always been that he's always been that flabby, you know, just doesn't look like a fighter when you look at him. And I mean, hey, to each his own. He's obviously had some performances and and things of that nature. But Humberto Soto really put it on him yesterday, and. I, I can't say retired. I mean, I can't say that it, it was surprising or anything like that because nothing surprised me with Brandon Rios. And, you know, I, 
I don't want to completely take a dump on the guy. You know, um, we put out on Twitter earlier today. To all my fans, last night we gave the fans a great fight. Thank you to everyone who supported and turned, tuned into the zone. Congratulations to Zorita Soto. It's always an honor to share the ring with another warrior. And how can I hate on that when a guy is getting his paycheck and putting on a performance that the fans want to see? Well, pretty sure when I'm an old fucking man, years old, in the gym just staring at women, I'm going to be listening to Brandon Rios. God, hopefully, that he's alive still at, say, 80 years old and hear how bad this guy sounds from some of the beatings that he's taking in boxing. Um, Willa, you really enjoyed this fight. And, I mean, I, hey, this is this is one of those 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 things, man, that happens. But I'll tell you what, bro. This is just me. I'll never lose to a fucking a bald not 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 like you being a bald guy, Willa. I'm saying a guy that's balding with no body and old ass Mexican. I guarantee it. It's not happening. Because we're gonna have to go to them James McGill dirty tactics if if it starts to get bad. And I'm I'm gonna uppercut somebody in the nuts too. I ain't gonna <laughs> I ain't gonna give a little soft jabs like the girl. Just kidding. But I feel bad about Brandon Rios and everything. I was never a fan of Brandon Rios. Uh, uh, I not to me he's uh, he's he almost reminds me of boxing's version of UFC's Nate Diaz. How he kind of you know like fucking you know just kind of talking like you know just cursing and and no really, you know, personality to him, just one of those kind of Mexican dudes that, you know. And plus, you know, Brandon Rios, he's Mexican. He got the Mexican flag on you and shit, but you can't even speak Spanish, motherfucker, so miss me with that. I mean, go ahead, Willa. I'll let you cover this fight because me, I did not tune into this fight. I did not see this fight because I did not want to see Brandon Rios lose again. Uh, and you know me, hey, popular uh, – Beyond contrary belief, people think that I like to see Mexicans get beat up and shit like that. But if that was the case, I would have been tuned in with popcorn, replaying, posting on my Instagram videos of this happening. But I didn't do that. I don't want to see Brandon Rios fight after the Danny Garcia fight and going years back to after the Pacquiao fight when he was crying to Max Kellerman about being a punching bag. But it sounds to me that you enjoyed it when you spoke on the fight earlier. So if you'd like... You want to give some credit to Humberto Soto as he uh, turns back the clock and uh, got a little young against Brandon Rios yesterday. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, Now, you know, usually I laugh at you and I say, you know, you're probably not going to be able to – you'll probably get worked by these guys. But you've got – I think you've got your best chance is against Brandon Rios out there. If you can get three (laughs) months of training in – you might have a good chance against Brandon Rios. Three months? This guy, yeah, you probably need three to four months of training. I can, and you'll probably, you, we could probably get you there. We'll probably get you to be, be Brandon Rios. But he was letting Humberto throw like eight, nine, ten punch combinations all the time. He was getting hit with uppercuts. And yeah, yeah, this guy, like you said, would turn back the hands. It would look like he turned back the hands at the time. But, you know, let's give a uh, little credit to what, what my man was able to do, uh, Brandon Rios, because Brandon Rios is your age, I think. I mean, he's closer to your age than than 
80. So when you're 50 or 60 years old, he's going to be the same age as you. He's not really that old. He's only 32, I believe. I think that's what the, let, me, let me check that. I think that's what they said last night. Well, I'm not 32. He really wasn't that. So. Yeah, he's 32. So, I mean, right, you're a little younger than that. And I'm 24 when I go to the club. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's not. He's <laughs> probably like 64 in the brain. He was just catching three, uh, you know, three punches to the head at a time. It was sort of crazy. But they were boxing. He was throwing punches too. You know, it is what it is. These boys are just out here trying to do their thing. So, I'm not mad at him. He's trying to get paid, but he probably needs to hang it up also. I like seeing guy, you know, I like to see him out there fighting. It was a pretty good fight for that old guy to give him that work like that. Humberto. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a he was a lightweight champ or something back in uh let me see, yeah. WBA lightweight in champ in 2011. Well, shit, man. I mean, I'll tell you what, man. It, you know, if worse comes to worse or if we just got some vacation time, we all go, all three of us, we go take a trip to Mexico and, you know, I'm getting in shape. Willie, you be in my corner. JP, you be in my corner. And we just go beat the shit out of some of these Mexicans at the local cantinas that they have over there because that's pretty much what guys like Humberto Soto pretty much did and, and what Canelo did for his first 30 fucking fights when he was only 16 years old, turned pro. Like, come on, man. You know, we've seen it even in the movie Creed when he went to Mexico and beat up all those bums over there. You don't get no credit for that, man. So that's, hey, not taking away from what the Soto's done. But this was uh, cherry-picking gone wrong for Brandon Rios. And if you're going to let a guy like that throw all these punches and – Turn back into a punching bag from a guy that's balding? Like, dude, it's time to hang it up. We got two guys on the list right now. Actually, three guys. This might be a first time ever that we've talked about this many fighters that need to get that boys to men. When it comes to DeGale, when it comes to Bermain Severn, and when it comes to Brandon Real. This is, this is ridiculous. And, hey, I mean, hey, you know, whatever. If Eddie Hearn paid those guys good money, that's what's up. We could, you know, congratulations. But, you know, worst comes to worst, you know, <laughs> shit, we might we might have to make a killing out there. <laughs> but, hey, anyways, we'll leave that at that. One thing that I thought that was pretty funny that I know Willow was pretty hyped about during the week was hearing NYAJ busting some freestyles over what was he at was he on, i know he did at sway uh i know he did his freestyles over at sway um for some reason i thought he did another one somewhere else but I, i'm that's probably not right but yeah only saw the sway anthony joshua. yeah anthony joshua was the sway i know that and so was big baby and you know it, it it's a little buffoonery because uh Big Baby seemed like he wanted to one-up. He seemed like he was trying a little harder than AJ was. AJ, to me, um, I don't know if we have the clip or anything, but AJ, to me, kind of just, you know, you know those UK guys? Like, if you guys ever seen the movie, I don't know if you have. It's probably one of the most buffoonery movies ever created uh, by Sasha Barakonin, the dude who was uh, uh, the Borat character. It's a movie called Ali G in the House. And 
it, uh, it's based on the UK. It's based on light skin. Well, not even light skin. White UK guys that act black, and you know they they have their own little gangs, the West Side and East Side. And to them, breaking the law is driving five miles over the speed limit of being twenty five miles per hour. And they, uh, it, it's so funny. They try so hard to be like Tupac and and all that kind of shit over there. And you know they they bust some stupid ass freestyles and shit like that. And and it, it, it's a for shits and giggles. Hey, you know this was I, I seen this back in my younger days. You know back when hey, I'm not gonna say whether I have or have not smoked marijuana at one point in time in my life, but during that time when I seen the movie, it gave for extra giggles. And me, I got the per- I got the the sense of humor of a ten year old at times. I find a lot of stupid shit funny to me. Not out of everything. But to me, AJ to me just seems like one of those kind of guys who hangs out with some of his boys. Because he has, this is not the first time we've seen AJ rapping. He did it before he was dropping some bars at some little uh, uh, UK attendance that they had or something like that. And, you know, when AJ's kind of just freestyling, <laughs> freestyling uh, you know all his little white homies and stuff over there are like oh you know like the like the mic just dropped over a while and now but um, AJ was rapping and Big Baby came on the scene and I mean you know he's from, he from Brooklyn you gotta have a little something in you a little something but he just seemed like he was trying a little too hard for me AJ to me was coming off more, eh, you know, I'm just casually freestyling, and, and this is a real freestyle as far as saying certain things that, and he even mentioned when they talked about Floyd Mayweather, uh, when he went on freestyle, he goes, that was written, that was written. And anybody who knows the, the hip-hop game or just rap in general, when it comes to freestyles, you know, most of these dudes, like, I like King Los from out SoCal, but he goes on sway and, and does really good, but it might not all be written, but there's a lot of shit that's uh, bars in the memory bank that you just haven't put to use, and you kind of put together something with something that you already have. So it's not necessarily freestyle, but it's not necessarily off the top of the head as much as uh, would be led to believe. But to me, Joshua was just really freestyling, like just saying the simple corny shit that he says, and and Big Baby seemed like he was a uh, trying to one-up him a little bit as he had a little bit longer <laughs> of a of a stead than, than Anthony Joshua did. But, hey, well, uh, um, this is kind of like trying to judge when you're watching a, a bad team versus a bad team in women's basketball in the Division Two level. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but, I mean, I guess the – if I had to give the my vote for someone, I think AJ did better, in my opinion, than the American from Brooklyn in one Big Baby Miller. What did you think about this? Because it was um, – I seen you were talking about it as soon as it happened. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was um, it was something to, 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 to see, I guess, instead of listen to. What did you think about the freestyles that went on between – uh, AJ, or as I call him right now, NYAJ uh, uh, against Jarrell Big Baby Miller. 
Oh man, um hey, I thought going back to go let's let's let, let me start over. Going back to what I've been saying this whole time, I'm objective. Very objective. I, I take a lot of shots at AJ, gay J. UK Brother Supreme, all kinds of names I got for him. But when I saw the freestyle, it put a smile on my face. You know, me being from Houston, Texas, um, land of the freestyle, you know, Little Flip, Paul Wall, Little Kiki, Chameleon there. You know, these are guys that came off, you know, Thanks for not forgetting Chameleon. Yeah, the even though I think he was more written, he might have been more written than anybody, that, those guys from the north side, but he's one of those guys that are doing freestyle mixtapes. And off the dome is what we do. That's what we specialize here in Houston, Texas. Myself, myself, you know, being one of those guys back in the day that used to think of myself as a freestyle king, you know. So when I saw a guy mm-hmm. very cornyly, if that's even a word, but it was very corny, but I see him freestyle off the dome. He's, you know, they're giving him phrases. He's going in. I appreciated that, and I put a smile on my face, and I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed that, and I yeah. sent that to you guys. Then I seen the other day, Big Baby Miller. He does his. I'm like, okay, he's five fingers of death, so he's he's taking it a little more seriously. He's screaming, he's hollering, he's like, you know, Sway does an excellent job giving him like the build up. Then he goes in and he he's spitting some written verses. It seems like then, and I'm listening to it and it, it really isn't that good, Even, you know. So it's not good. They're both trash. But one guy's one guy's is off the dome. The other guy's written and he's talking about he's got he's got a couple of songs coming out. Started saying like, but he said bust them with my nine two nines. He said nine about eight times. At the end, when he started, he did start a freestyle. It started freestyle at the end, but it got very, it got very repetitive. So, I would have to give it to AJ just because he went first, and he just kicked the freestyle. They were both pretty whack, you know. But at least his was freestyle, and off the dome, and Miller he was just too hype. And it wasn't good. If he would have kicked him, if he would have hit him with some some very nice, maybe I would have gave him some love, but. It was weak. He should have came with them verses that he already had off the uh, off the album or something. But then AJ did say lick him down like a stamp, though. I don't know if that's – I'm just going to charge that to just – that might be a U.K. saying. Just lick him down. That doesn't sound too good. I guess lick him is like, you know, I can lick him, meaning you can, you know, beat him. <clears throat> I'll say this, um, after many, many years of failure on my personal behalf of being involved in freestyle competitions, not even freestyle competitions, just freestyles, there's an art to it, and that art is fun. So you had Big Baby here take on a fight, but ill-equipped in my estimation because the element of freestyle where you get, especially amongst novices, and not saying that, you know, Sway and them are amongst novices, but AJ came out there and did it like, hey, I'm doing this off the dome and I'm having fun with it. 
the other dude try to come in there and have some serious intent with it. And that that's the – so when you try to be serious about it, then we, we grade you differently. But AJ, with this fun thing, it's just, man, I, believe me, I, I've, I've tried to be the serious dude to try to talk about. First of all, talking about buying a 9 millimeter. 9 millimeters are for girls. We all know that. If you know anything about guns at this point in time, that's why the police stopped using them shits. They use 40 Glocks now. So talking about your 9 millimeter doesn't scare nobody. I'm getting up from that. Secondly, you got to have fun with it, man. You got to be able to have fun. And, and if if you do good with the fun approach, it just makes it amazing. But if you try to be serious and you do good, it's just okay. You have to be excellent when you're trying to be good, when you're taking yourself seriously with freestyle. So all you young fellas out there that's going to be in these crowds where the girls are around, Believe me, it's best to just be fun with it. Girls like fun. They don't like bars. If you're ever in those circles, young men out there, just be fun with that shit. And uh, that's what AJ did. That's what he does so well. And uh, every time he gets in that thing, uh, he's able to really over win over the crowd just with his fun like ability. Yeah, see, you know, I, I like that because, we may not all agree on the same thing when it comes to boxing for whatever reason, but when it came to this hip-hop game, we all pretty much seen the same thing. Uh, it was a guy having fun, which AJ was, or NYAJ, excuse me, and then you had a guy who had just felt like, oh, this UK brother, they're going to like him more than me. Well, I'm sh-. like, yeah, big baby. We know when a guy is trying to do too much, whether we've seen it on a basketball court where somebody is trying to Russell Westbrook the game and, and try to do the most and shoot over three players instead of passing to the guy that's wide open in the corner or something like that. You know, and that's exactly what Big Baby did. I'm not going to lie, man. I've seen this on – I've seen it on Instagram uh, when I first seen AJ from the clip Willis sent. And then the other uh, one i seen was also on Instagram. And it was um, – it was uh, you know, you have the multiple video swipes. So I was listening to Big Baby at first, and it was like – Okay, all right, not bad, not bad. And then there was like four or five videos of it swiping. So swiping, swiping. I don't need to hear all this shit because I already know what he's doing. He's just taking all the air out of the taking all the air out of the conversation. And that's how big baby is. And uh, you know, you you, you, you I kind of you, you see this all the time. You know, ballers want to rap and rappers want to ball. And you could just tell that AJ was completely going off top and just having a good time, enjoying himself. <clears throat> and Big Baby was one of those guys that when you're at a party or something and he want to just freestyle in your ear while you're just trying to kick it with your boys and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, shut it down, bro, shut it down. So I'm glad we all could agree on this one. I didn't feel bad on saying that I thought AJ did better because I thought that he legitimately did better than Big Baby and <laughs> just having fun. And that's what, that, you know, that's what hip-hop is. It really comes down to at the end of the day is having fun instead of the whole talking about your nine and, and, and all this and that. That's the, you know, that's the Joshua's shit was corny, but a, uh, Big Baby's shit was way more corny to me. And that's why he's going to have to hold that L on this one too. Because, you know, i tell you what, man, when it came to the press conference and uh, – 
the one L that I think AJ had to hold, NY AJ, he had to hold was when Big Baby had said, say I won't come over there and slap the shit out you. Say I won't come over there and say I'll slap the shit out you. And AJ didn't pass that. That's like that's like when someone's testing your gangster. And unfortunately, Joshua didn't pass that test because, you know, he just kind of – I don't think he understands the American culture and knowing that that's how someone's trying to test you gangster over here compared to whatever it is they do over there. Like, oh, but you can't eat that muffin in four seconds. Like, uh, maybe that's what they do over there. I, I don't know. But uh, he definitely got that dub when it comes to the, the freestyle game over Big Baby. So, um I'm glad we're all in agreement for that one, fellas. But, um, you know, <laughs> that shit was super corny. Hey, I would disagree with you on that, RC. I would on what? say, you know, when um, when Big Baby Miller got mad and he was talking about, I bet you won't, I bet you won't say, say I won't, when he said, yeah, say I won't come over there and slap you. Big Baby talked about uh, uh, Joshua's mom. Big Baby's mom was right there. Joshua talked about his mom. He got mad and took it to the physical. You don't have to go. You you don't have to say. He didn't have to say, you won't slap me. He already got him. You're talking about moms. I talk about yours. Now you want to fight. He won that round. That was a win by Joshua. Joshua won that round. Because his mom was there. Now, if his mom wasn't there... Then it would have been it wouldn't have it might have not a he might have not on but his mom is there and he looks he's like hey where's your mom there goes your mom right there I'm gonna do something that stings a little worse he stung him he stung him personally deep down that's why he took it to violence that quick because he was just talking about moms it was just a reply yeah no I got you yeah that's good I mean it, you know it's a little. That's a little extra corny shit, too, whenever someone's, like, you know, bringing up the moms in the conversation and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's just whack, too. Like, <laughs> But, you know, Joshua, as I call him, NYAJ, it's funny to hear Joshua talking shit now, talking about I pay your mom's bills now, you know, and, and shit like that. So I like the shit talking about AJ going on right now. I told you guys in the group message, I could get to come around and like this Anthony Joshua if he's going to – be a little more charismatic and outspoken as he's been in the press conference with Big Baby because we knew Big Baby was going to bring the heat, you know? I'll say from from since the Joshua train got started years ago, this guy's done nothing really to rub me the wrong way. I like how he's able to, you know, if it's if it's just time to be respectable and two guys go through the process of promotion, he does that with the guy. If he's in uh, admiration of the guy like he was of Klitschko, which you should be, he does that with the guy. But then if it's mama talk, which is rare, you know, then he's doing that with the guy. And he he does them all pretty well. You know, the transitions, you know, it seems like Joshua's pretty – all this leads to me thinking Joshua's pretty comfortable with himself and that's whatever, but – um, he's done nothing the wrong me rub me the wrong way. He's shown me, you know, you get up from a Klitschko right hand, you you got me as far as your, your durability and your toughness, your grit. So yeah, man, I'm an Anthony Joshua fan. I am an Anthony Joshua fan. I can officially say that. For sure. 
Yeah, oh, I'm man. with you on that, man. I, yeah, me too, Willa. I'm an Anthony Joshua fan myself now. NYAJ. Yeah. I feel you. Hey, I'm not. Hey, I'm not an Anthony Joshua hater. There was one time when I said that I, where I agreed. I think I used to agree with Suge that it was going to be Anthony Joshua season. But trust me, every time no, you jump on era. one of these, you can, yeah, era. Yeah, I think I agree with that. But every time you jump on one of these guys' bandwagons, they let you down. They fold. So, you know, I like AJ. Like I said, I'm not a hater of him, even though I hate on him. He does – you're right. JP is right. He does everything. When he hit him with the mama joke and he – that was the, – the, and then the freestyle, maybe this guy is full black. You know, maybe he's – He's not mixed like uh, this other guy says. He seems like a real black man out there. Now, is he a U.K. brother still? Yes. But I still like him. I like him. But Willa, and he's probably going to knock Miller fold, out. If he was going to fold, he could have folded to that Vladimir Klitschko right hand. That was a time to fold because, you know, we ain't nobody ever said Vladimir Klitschko was a fun heavyweight to watch for that decade. But – when that nigga hit you with a flush right hand with leverage that's on him, that's a good night. Yeah, and that boy got up and was talking to him and telling him, you better get me right now. You, y'all know the conversation they was having right there. The nigga told him, you better get me out right now, because if you don't, I'm going to knock your ass out. That's some G shit, and your shit is still foggy to tell a nigga. You know what I'm saying? That's some real G shit. Yeah, it is. To nigga snap, yeah. It is, but that's the old nigga though. At the same time, you're telling the old nigga this. So yeah. I'm giving it is G, but he's old. And when the other guy came, he said you wanted fifty million, and you can't fight in America unless it's for a belt. And then you're fighting in America for less than fifty million yeah. for not a belt. So, you know, you know, Touché. you know. One other thing Touché. where I want to give AJ NY AJ some credit too. Also, this is like like real be real. Uh, I believe he was on the Breakfast Club. I'm not 100% sure on that one. I think it was. But he was talking about why the fight hasn't happened yet. And he said on the show, he said, you know, it's, it's both of our fault. He said, it's my fault just as much as it's his fault why the fight hasn't happened. He said, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, he, he don't want to fight and I'm being ready over here. He, he actually admitted to a little bit of guilt because a lot of people want to put the, the fault on either side, whether you're a Wilder fan you want to put the fault on Joshua. If you're a Joshua fan, you want to put it on Wilder. And, you know, for him to be honest like that on a radio station and kind of put it out there like, yo, it's kind of both of our fault. I could dig that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I like that honesty that came out right there from Anthony Joshua. Exactly. And I think that we all pick up on that. It's definitely not Joshua afraid of Wilder. It's Eddie Hearn and his bullshit. And, you know, in the longevity, we both know this fight it's better marinating another year than it is right now. We see what Fury's doing. Fury's not like I've been saying from the beginning. He ain't getting in there with Wilder again. No time soon, at least. He feel like I already did that shit. I'm going to move on and just ride off, ride off the, the acclaim or the prestige of just being in or some say I won that fight, but I'm not trying to prove shit right away. 
But I believe in, in regards to Anthony Joshua that he ain't scared, man. After everything he's ever done in front of us has said, this dude's down for whatever. He really put in that work. When you see his working out, you're like, damn, that nigga ain't really that big for nothing. He really worked out a lot of beach ball, uh, beach work with medicine balls. And, like, this nigga really go hard to be that big and ripped up like that. So nothing but respect for Joshua. I like him. I like him. Yeah, I think Will is starting to come around, too. He's calling him a real black dude all of a sudden. But, hey. <laughs> I said it might Yo, be. I... <laughs> Deontay Wilder would be very upset with you, Will. I hope you know that. But, hey, I, I could appreciate the honesty from a guy like that. Personally, me, I, if I'm a fighter, I wouldn't come out and say some shit like that. I'd be putting, I'd be pushing the agenda like, yo, this, yo, this dude needs to sign, you know, sign on, you know, whatever, whatever. But um, shit, man. Anything else we're missing, guys? Because I think we covered up pretty much a lot of everything that we had going on this week. Um, oh wait, no. Let me say this real quick. I just thought of it. Will is not gonna like this, but Canelo Alvarez. I can't stand this guy because it's not that I don't see that he has talent in the ring. He's obviously gifted and and has some skills in him. And, you know, he, he passes the eye test when you see him hitting the pad with those butchers that he has as trainers and things like that. Like, he's really loud when it comes to hitting the bag. You know, he's kind of like a – you know, Adrian Brown is really loud when he hits the heavy bag, and Canelo's the same kind of way. But this fucking guy, you know, aside from him cheating on his wife, cheating on his taxes, cheating on boxing, all that good stuff, whatever, whatever, that's neither here nor there. But this this fucking Mexican, he, he said he's optimistic about the idea of moving up to 175 and possibly facing one Sergey Crusher Kovalev. Now, I know some people will be like, what? Canelo, oh, he, he wants to be great and dare to be great, essay, and all this funny shit. But what those, those unlightened masses fail to realize is that Canelo's been fighting at 175 for the last three fucking years, maybe four. I know he was about 170 when he fought Co- uh, my man Miguel Cotto. <sighs> you know? Canelo Alvarez Willa is a clown. And his, his promoter, Oscar De La Hoya, is a clown, too. And I don't like these guys. So I hope that he actually mans up and steps up to the plate instead of chilling in the batter's box and talking about fighting Kovalev because I would love to see Canelo dare to be great like Mikey Garcia is actually daring to be great again. Thank you, Mr. Jerry Joe, and I want to thank everybody coming out today, Earl Spence. Because he talking about fighting Kovalev. Come on, man. This ain't no Rocky Fielding right here. If you talking about fighting Kovalev, I might have to. Wherever they have this shit at, if they want to have it, and it, it, it don't matter. I get on the bus. I get on the plane. I get in the whip. I fill up the tank. It don't matter. I would go there, try and get in the front row if I can to see Kovalev beat up another woman in Saul Canelo Alvarez. You know you heard about that, right? 
Uh, yeah, I, I woke up to you texting me about some kind of hate hatred that you have for Canelo. This is like at eight in the morning my time, so this is at like six in the morning your time. So I think the your phone must have buzzed when the Canelo news came on, and you like picked it up, and they like this damn Canelo. You hate him, but you also have notifications for when any kind of news comes up on your phone. But that's neither here nor there. Taking a lot of oh, shots at this guy. I know you do. I know. I know. Trust me. I know. Taking a lot of shots at this guy. You know, you're talking about people should be saying, are people going to be saying that he's let him be great, essay? You know, I don't say essay, but I say let Canelo be great. Kovalev showed that he's still in it to win it. And what better than to go up and, you know, put the finishing touches on Sergey Kovalev's career. I'm not mad at this at all. De La Hoya is a genius when it comes to Canelo, a.k.a. Mr. Moneybags. Oh <laughs> and he's, they're, they're, doing, they're doing what they need to do, keeping it hype. They're going to get Jacobs out of here. And they're thinking about Kovalev. So this doesn't surprise me. I'm not mad at this. In fact, I want to see it. I want to see what Canelo can can achieve. Shit, he might be able to go cruiserweight. Wow, man. You are, I mean, I'm almost in a loss for words right now. JP, are you, I mean, this Canelo foolery about fighting Kovalev. I mean, Will is making it seem like this is easy work. Yeah, I think it'll be easy work too. I um, mean, it'll you know give Damn. him some mystique. Yeah, give him some mystique. We remember he fought what Caesar Chavez at what was that fight sanction at sixty eight or something like that. Yeah, I think that was so, a catchweight yeah. about sixty eight. But I guarantee you, it won't be no Vada testing involved. I bet you that because it's cycle season, and then we'll come back to the real fight against somebody real where the testing will be implemented. But uh, this is a typical cycle, man. This is a typical pattern that we've seen. You know, Canelo take a real fight, uh, you know, where all the testings are there, and then then the next fight is some fight kind of off to the side, James, i.e. James Kirkland, i.e. freaking um, Chavez Jr. at some uh, elevated weight. Yeah, at some elevated weight. And then, you know, then it will come back to a real fight again. So, you know, I'm not surprised. And easy work, easy work. You know, the the ghost has left the building when it comes to Kovalev. You know, and yeah, you know, it'll be. I, I don't believe in Kovalev, and I think um, that's all they see. They they see they see food when it comes to Kovalev. Yeah, Carne Asada. Man, yeah, Carne Asada. Fuck all that. Hey, man, I, the problem I got with Canelo is what he's doing right now is basically how the government tries to give you the the the, the alarming. Ebola shit that happened while they're doing something on the side that they don't want nobody to pay attention to. Because what Canelo's doing is talking about somebody so much bigger, quote-unquote, like Kovalev, when really all he's doing is fucking dodging everybody at middleweight. I would love to see Canelo man up and fight Jamal Charlo, because I don't know if y'all remember the episode of Chappelle's show 
when um when it was the uh black supremacists when they found out that Clayton Bigsby was a black guy when he took the Ku Klux Klan hood off and that one white guy's head exploded when he seen that shit. That'd be that's how I think Willow would be if there was a fight between Jamal Charlo and Canelo. Just his head would explode. It'd be too hard for him to try to figure out who he wants to win that fight. I, I wanna see some stuff like that, but Canelo, that's the problem I got. He's basically just talking about this sideshow shit to avoid the real killers that middleweight. Like, he's not fooling me. He never has, he never will. I'm on to this fucking guy. My radars are on high alert for anything Canelo does. And yes, I do have a certain buzz that goes off anytime there's some Canelo news because I'm keeping an eye on this fucking guy. He's always trying to cheat the game and doing some funny shit, and, and I'm, I'm not fooled by it whatsoever. So, you know, uh, I'm going to keep an eye on this guy and all this news that's coming forward. And best believe, anytime Canelo news pops up, I'll be the first one reporting because, you know, hey, I'm just the guy. I'm just a journalist. I'm just, I'm just a, 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 a Diet Coke journalist that wants to, quote, face of boxing, right? So, hey, but Willa, he don't fool me one bit. He's just trying to stay away from them real killers at middleweight. And you know that. I know that. I don't know anything. All I know is, like Floyd says, you know, a lot of people say he was fighting this guy for fighting that guy, but he's going to take the smart route. He's fighting for a prize because it's prize fighting. Oh my! I'm God. not mad at Canelo. You could be mad at him. You know, you could take How whatever could hatred you like have the- for him. And- yeah, how could you be? He could be like if you had a kid that was that was that would steal your car in the middle of the night. He come home with it wrecked, and you go, "Oh, it's all right, baby. Come on in. I I, I make you a sandwich or something." Like he can never do no wrong to you. You you can never he can never do no wrong to you. But hey, it's fine. We know how the favorite game goes around here. But I'm just gonna let you know. I'm gonna let the people know what's really going on. He's just dodging. He's just dodging. He don't fool me. And especially when you want to quote something that Floyd said one of the great Dodgers of all time. And, and you know, <laughs> I'm not talking about uh, the Mike Piazzas of the world or those Dodgers, but you know what I mean when I say it. But all right, all right, all right. Went a little bit in on that one. Just thought I'd – it just came to my mind while I was telling Willa about that earlier. Earlier in the morning that it happened. Like, yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on him. But anyways, fellas, I think that – we covered it off for this week. Um, is there anything or any final thoughts that you got or you want to get off your chest before we get out of here from Willa first and we go to JPF? Um, yeah, I think um, I believe – what's today? Today's the 24th. Okay, no, still we still got a couple more weeks. I think we got Arizona Lara's fighting this weekend, fighting Brian Castino on Showtime. Showtime giving us something. You know, the zone's got some kind of UK guys, Jordan Gill against Emmanuel Mendel Dominguez on the zone. So we'll talk about those fights on Wednesday and, uh, you know, talk about more Canelo news probably. I'm sure you'll be, you'll let me know before I know, probably before even Canelo knows, you'll know. Oh, definitely. I definitely will. And I've seen that fight. That's something to keep an eye on. I always like to see Aris Lani Lara coming off the fight of the year against Jerry Swift, her the champ champ. 
uh, I want to see what goes on next for Eris Lanny Lars because I'm still a fan of that guy. Nothing's changed. JP, any final thoughts you got uh, before we get out of here? I don't know if the Lakers play today, but if they do, I'm going to be watching. Oh, man, no, I'm on the low. You know, I'm going to get ready for this work week. Uh, that's it, bro. You know, look out for the relatively black and fat podcast. Aside from that, Outsiders Boxing. Yes, sir. Hey, yeah, so are the Lakers, the Lakers <laughs> and the Kings, are they, are they in the playoffs? They ain't even in the playoffs, are they? <laughs> yes. Nerve. Uh, hey, the Lakers, uh, Willa team the game the other day, but then the Lakers just put the beat down on the Rockets. I'm not sure. I might be mis- mistaken on that. Yep, I had the niggas crying like a motherfucker, blaming Scott Foster, this and that. Stop all that goddamn crying <laughs> when you shoot more free hey. throws than anybody in the history of the game. <laughs> hey, we, our guys, our guys got filed out on offensive on offensive fouls, man. We saw the fix was in, but you know when they won. When they won, LeBron was like playoff mode activated. When they lost, he was like, "Hey man, these guys ain't ready." <laughs> oh, man. He have a, he, he have a lot of fun over there with that keyboard, JP. He lucky. Yeah, that yeah. He got the soundboard. Oh, big big bad soundboard man. <laughs> Hey. You ain't, hey. you ain't shit for that one. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm just saying, man. Later, bro. It is what it is. We're going to see what happens now. We got like 22 games left for the rest of the season. So things might be shaking up. I don't know. Rockets won yesterday without James Harden. Maybe they're better without him. Should they trade him? I don't know. We should push that narrative, I think. But, anyways, uh, you know, I think it's time for us to wrap this one up. It's Sunday, getting ready for the Schwerk week tomorrow. Hope everybody has a good day today. I know me, I'm going to be kicking it and uh, being low-key as I get as I get ready for the early grind tomorrow morning. So, speaking for myself in the San Joaquin Valley in Central California, my man Willard from Houston, Texas, and JP from Southern California, Inglewood, always up to no good. But you know what's good? The Outside is Boxing Podcast. So rock with us, folks. We'll have a midweek show coming up on Wednesday where we'll preview everything that's going on in the week, on the weekend, and we'll be back sooner rather than later. So y'all take care, man. Have a better Monday that you had last Monday, and have a blessed week. Outside is Boxing Podcast, folks. We out of here. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. 
product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.